Most people have good intentions, but few people practice intentionality. Greetings from Coach K in Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City of the South, for podcast number one of Insights on Intentionality. My special guest today is Jeff Dion from the state of Maine. We're looking forward to just chatting for a few minutes and uh, having a chance to recount a couple trips to Maine, our interaction for four years as we uh, mentored you as the National Field Director for Man in the Mirror. And uh, you made a comment one time about, I hope I have bottled enough of your intentionality to last a lifetime. And I was intrigued by that remark, uh, certainly privileged to receive uh, such accolades, but that really kind of helped launch uh, this new ministry platform, The Intentional Way. So share with us about why you would make a comment like that. What were some observations you made during our four years together? Well, uh, very early on, it was pretty clear to me that uh, as I was learning this new role as a, uh, an area director with Man in the Mirror, that the way that I was going to most effectively learn was by observing you. Um, the, the way that you demonstrated how, how to go about this to our field staff was, uh, for me anyway, was critical in how, uh, how that brought me along in terms of my comfortability in uh, interacting with leaders and churches. Uh, as we help them with strategies for discipling their men, uh, just through various simple ways, uh, things like Facebook posts that were very regular. And uh, and obviously, uh, you could just see the intentionality in those in terms of uh, being able to utilize that media to uh, to just see clearly how to go about this job was, uh, was, was critical for me. And so uh, I've always just appreciated that about you. And so that was really the basis for the quote. You know, it's very easy to demonstrate intentionality. I found it's difficult to describe it to people. And as I watched you guys on Team MIM to be able to travel the country, uh, do some ride-alongs, uh, one of the things you picked up on pretty quickly, and uh, news travel fast from stagecoach driver to stagecoach driver in the 42 states where I've traveled, and many of those states were to uh, uh, do ride-alongs and uh, visit some churches, uh, conduct ministry consultations uh, with uh, Team MIM members. But uh, you guys saw the uh, intentionality of using the, uh, the, uh, the smartphone uh, to capture photography, videos, uh, to basically chronicle the experiencing God aspect of your life. And I also enjoyed it from a standpoint of the ministry of hanging out. You took us to several places that are certainly uh, can't miss locations for people that ever get to travel to Maine. Uh, walk us through some of those sites we had a chance to see uh, from church to church and from uh, appointment to appointment. That's right. Well, having observed the intentionality for uh, quite a long time before you arrived here, I, I was pretty aware that I needed to line up some good, uh, some good opportunities, some key points to visit. So we picked some of the best ones in Maine, and uh, one of them was uh, what we call Portland Headlight, uh, a lighthouse right on the, right on the water in, in Portland. It's uh, regarded as one of the most photographed lighthouses in America, and so uh, there were plenty of photographs taken by both of us that day. Uh, we also visited the flagship store for the L.L. Uh, Bean uh, outdoor uh, gear supplier. A lot of people familiar with that name. Good opportunity for some uh, photographs there as well. A lot of uh, interesting merchandise to see and a kind of a history of the, uh, of the company, really, uh, right, right in the store. Um, moving up the coast, we visited Acadia National Park, which is Maine's, uh, Maine's only national park. But uh, really, uh, one of the jewels of the state, um, just the, uh, the uh, scenery there is, 
is second to none. And uh, again, just a great photograph opportunity, especially from the top of uh, Cadillac Mountain that overlooks the ocean. Um, and uh, in those journeys, you got to experience one of the uh, treats of Maine, which is uh, uh, one of the key pieces of uh, seafood here, lobster, but presented in a different way in what we call the lobster roll. So uh, I, I seem to remember you uh, enjoyed that quite a bit. Absolutely. Fantastic. Very much uh, looking forward to enjoying a lobster roll again. In fact, I was in the, the state of Connecticut a few weeks ago, and I sent you a text message when I had a chance to, uh, at the airport, part of catching our return flight back to Charlotte. Uh, They had lobster rolls there at one of the airport restaurants, but nothing like our friends at the Portland Headlight have. So I look forward to tasting that again. The scripture says to taste and see that he is good. Hey, friends, uh, if you ever get a chance to go to the state of Maine, observe the beautiful Portland Headlight, but make sure you have a lobster roll uh, while they're in season there. You know, Jeff, as we talk about photography, and the ministry of hanging out. That was something that was taught to me a number of years ago as I was a chaplain for Motor Racing Outreach. And they really promoted that ministry of hanging out. It was something we've taken and expanded on it. And for our listeners today, it's based on 1 Thessalonians 2.8, where Paul told the church at Thessalonica, uh, I delighted to give to you the good news of the gospel, but also to share my life as well. And so this is an example of sharing lives. And so these guys, as well as others, we have a chance to interact with now on our conference tours around the country. Hey, let's just don't go from point A to B. Uh, what's between A and B that can be uh, uh, a chance for us to enjoy uh, some interactions with people, uh, sometimes in environments where they're very conducive and very open. Pastors, leaders, we've had them to come along with us to be in some of these occasions. So hopefully those are some things that were demonstrated that uh, prompted you to say uh, what you did. But again, I just consider that a very uh, uh you know, high watermark uh, to be chronicled like that. And that's one of the things we want to try to do with the intentional way is to see how it applies to our walk with God within our family life and then also in our ministry world. Before we get into your call to men's discipleship, Jeff, uh, speaking of being intentional about the family life, uh, tell us a little about your bio, your little background uh, information you'll share with the listeners today on the podcast. Yeah, um, my uh, my calling to this ministry actually was... Uh prompted by involvement in my local church, um, a, a church in which we've always had a men's leadership team leading, leading our men's discipleship ministry. Uh, a number of years ago, I was invited to be part of that team. And it wasn't until I was asked to lead the team as the, the uh, leader at the time was planning to step away that um, I realized, okay, now I really need to learn how to do this. And so uh, that meant getting some books and just, uh, you know, learning more about what it means to uh, to uh, really aspire to disciple all the men in a church. And so it was interesting because the books that I happened to read, the very first one was uh, from a, a ministry uh, where it's currently led by Steve Sonderman, his book, uh, How to Build a Life-Changing Men's Ministry. Um, that really was an eye-opening book for me. Uh, and then a few books later, it was... No Men Left Behind, which is by the uh, founder and, uh, and others from Man in the Mirror. So uh, those kind of were bookends in a training uh, process for me to, uh, first of all, just learn how to be a men's discipleship leader. But also um, the Man in the Mirror connection is what led me to be aware of field staff opportunities that were just developing at the time. It was a new, new uh, format for the ministry to be having uh, guys around the country available to local churches. So that was intriguing to me, and that's how uh, ultimately uh, I put my hat in the ring and uh, ended up meeting you down in Orlando on, on an interview day back in uh, 2013. 
Absolutely. Well, remember that first uh, occasion to interact with you and to see it go from concept to reality, from prayerful consideration to basically following the intentional way. Some of the things we're trying to uh, get uh, folks to see the importance of in their own lives. But, you know, as you were experiencing that potential calling to fuel staff, and again, that's not for everyone. Some people can make a contribution uh, to the kingdom, but not necessarily going on a vocational staff role. And in your case, you had some hesitancies. And I well remember a conversation that we had intentionally with you on November the 6th, 2013. Tell the audience about that occasion uh, as you were just kind of reevaluating where your right next steps might be. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting evening. Uh, it was a it was a week of training where we were learning how to uh, meet with individuals and share the vision of the ministry to uh, to begin to develop a, a base of uh, financial support for our ministry. And so we had been warned uh, prior to the week that we would probably get to about Wednesday, and the uh, at that point, as you like to say, the dump truck would be fully engaged, and we were going to feel like we were buried. I was. Uh, I was expecting that uh, we would have a conversation, and that might be uh, that might be the end of that. I was uh, I was just kind of overwhelmed by where we were at, and uh, and really wondering, having never been uh, through this kind of experience in vocational ministry and, and what what that entailed, uh, uh, just wasn't really sure where to go. And so your uh, advice to me at that time was uh, was just very uh, very grace based and. Uh, and well received, and, and just gave me a, a chance to kind of take a deep breath and and uh, uh, walk away knowing that uh, I didn't have to make a decision that night. That we could uh, give it some time, and so in the, it was instrumental in the in the coming weeks and months to uh, to really help me through that time. And uh, and here we are today. Well, it reminded me of my days as a coach, and a, a teammate would want to come turn his uniform in. Coach, I'm not so sure that you know I'm cut out to be a part of this particular squad. He believed in his teammates. Uh, he loved the coaching system. He loved his uh, campus he was involved with, as you did. You had a strong affinity. Obviously, the books were giving you the principles uh, several years prior to that. But when you got to that particular place of uh, really coming to a fish-or-cut-bait uh, decision, I could tell there were some hesitancies there. But I just didn't feel at peace to say, let me take that uniform, and we'll give it to the next player uh, we get a chance to interview. And so my quote to you that night was, hey, Jeff, you know, uh, hang in there for the next couple of days. Uh, Claire's coming down from Maine to experience this. That'll be a big part of the equation. Let's continue to just bathe this in prayer together and see where God takes this. Is it a good idea or a God idea? And so uh, I was thrilled to see uh, God's call upon your life, then continued uh, to place you on the vocational path. You were an associate member of the team and then eventually went to full time. Now you're the regional director up in the New England area. So we're just excited about how God continually works in and through you, our trips to be with you. Uh, on several occasions, we came in August of 2015, and then also we returned in September of 2016. And to see God work in and through you has been fantastic. But I'm so glad that particular evening you were intentional to come and process it because, you know, the book of Proverbs says that we're to have a multitude of counselors. That gives us safety. And so I was glad to be a counselor that evening. Uh, we brought other teammates in on that equation. And so eventually uh, God solidified that. Uh, you marched on, and the rest is history, shall we say. Now, most recently, going back to how Steve Sonderman and Pat Morley both impacted you through their writings, you've been a strategic part of a project we had worked on for several years at Man in the Mirror, and that was to bring together uh, 
the uh, major ministries in Milwaukee and Orlando, respectively, uh, for a team concept in discipling leaders. I had had a chance to travel to Milwaukee, attended uh, the men's conference with no regrets, held annually in February. But the simulcast feed that was going around the country to other host sites, I thought would be a great way to leverage for men's discipleship leadership training. And you've seen that lived out both last year facilitating a host site and again this year. Tell our listeners a little bit about being intentional with the satellite feed for leadership training. Yeah, the, the it's really interesting that those uh, those two books I referenced were um, these two particular ministries that have now come together for uh, two leadership conferences uh, in the fall of uh, 2017 and then just uh, a couple of weeks ago where sites around the country had an opportunity to, uh, like you said, leverage the, the technology of the simulcast to be able to have high quality leadership training for men's leaders across the country uh, in churches where they could pick up the simulcast feed and have a live event. Uh, and and we, uh, we've had just tremendous feedback that the, uh, the merging of the, of the two ministries through this technology in, in what we call refuel has really been a, uh, an impactful uh, couple of conferences so far. And, and we were just talking today, as a matter of fact, with a group of guys doing a little bit of a debrief about how to uh, put our best foot forward in the next uh, rendition of this so that we can even uh, be more impactful with more churches across the country. So really, really interesting to see how, how well these two ministries can complement one another. Absolutely. You know, one of the quotes that Pat Morey is known for is this one. You can accomplish so much more together than any of us can alone. And so for Man in the Mirror and for No Regrets Ministries, two nationally known organizations that obviously have a full plate, they have lots of things that are transpiring, to be intentional about this merger to provide leadership training through a simulcast is certainly uh, welcomed, not just in Maine, uh, but throughout the country. And Jeff, some of your teammates also uh, host a simulcast. You've had a chance to listen in on some of those uh, uh, you know, post-conference debriefings. Uh, what are you hearing from around the country? Is it an advantage, much like to your guys, to be able to stay uh, in their own locales and to uh, take advantage of this from a simulcast standpoint? Yeah, I think uh, that one of the key differences and the things we're seeing as an advantage is um, when you compare it to what Man in the Mirror used to do, which was to have a, a leadership conference in February in Orlando. Obviously very appealing to go to Orlando in February, but uh, not um, not enough men's leaders were able to make that trip. So now here's an opportunity locally where they can uh, be within decent driving distance of a of a, a location that hosted a simulcast and now be part of a you know a day where uh, there's there's really this kind of synergy across the country of leadership training at that at that time all at one time. Um, I, I really think the feedback that uh, I've heard so far is is very positive. And going back to our times to uh, come to Maine and do some ride-alongs and get a chance to sense uh, what did it look like in Portland, Maine versus Portland, Oregon, uh, because Man in the Mirror has teammates uh, in both of those locales. And I want to be culturally sensitive. That'd be some of those principles that Orlando had espoused over the years that many of us did train. But how do we have to culturally uh, present those in Portland, Maine versus Portland, Oregon? And for you guys uh, that were serving on the team, and we continually talk about that with leaders today, it seems like that with men's discipleship, it is very challenging to get into the front door of some places, to get past even the gatekeeper. And one of the things we've shared with you uh, and others uh, 
around the country were these three common mistakes we would observe frequently. And I well remember uh, being at a host church uh, there in Maine for one of your uh, fine gatherings that we had a chance to participate with. And we walked into the foyer of the church and there was a nice uh, brochure rack, uh, well presented for those with first impressions. And there were great materials available for women, for children and for students. And there should be. We want to see churches become intentional with reaching all three of those subgroups. But there was nothing there for men. So I found it very, very interesting, very ironic that we we're going to talk that night about becoming more effective with reaching discipling men. But our host church, though they were very receptive to these principles being shared, they weren't really practicing what they were preaching. So talk to, uh, to the listeners today about the lack of intentionality that you've observed in churches that you work with in Maine and how you want to ratchet that up moving forward. Well, I, I think of that particular church you just referenced. Uh, one of the interesting things about it was uh, – we met with that church or we were at an event at that church in uh, 2016. So uh, here we are actually a, a full year and a half removed from that event. And uh, that church had a leader who came to the refuel leaders conference a couple of weeks ago, uh, a, a leader who's actually quite new in that role. So, so it's been a long process and we talk a lot about long-term low pressure. Um, it's, it's, it, it takes, uh, intentionality, but also a lot of uh, just a, a lot of repetition, a lot of uh, persistence on our part to uh, to keep uh, keep the ball moving, keep the uh, the thought in the foreground, if you will, of the importance of having a leader and a team that are coming alongside the pastor and helping him in this in this manner. Uh, and so we just see, you know, um, time and time again. Uh, I tell a lot of people that when I, when I joined this ministry, because I came from a church that had a leadership team and has just always had that culture, that I just figured I'd be helping leadership teams be, be more effective at what they're, uh, what they're doing. And that has not been the case at all, because most often I find there's not a leader or a team. Uh, and it's not because the pastor doesn't want to have that. It's just he hasn't quite had the time or figured out how to make that happen. Uh, and so we've been able to work through some of those uh, obstacles and help uh, help do that, help bring together a team, because uh, one of the key principles of the No Man Left Behind model is the three strands of leadership. And without that intentional approach or that piece of that that intentional model, uh, it, it's really hard to get that ball moving. So uh, that's that's really one of the, the key, uh, you know, ongoing things that I see here is uh, uh, a lack of intentionality in terms of having that those three strands of leadership in place. So you've been very, very, uh, you know, productive and effective in, in reaching out to churches, and they certainly have uh, received you well. You did a fantastic job with presenting uh, the No Man Left Behind model and other principles that Man in the Mirror espouses, as, as well as having other tools in your toolbox. Uh, I was always appreciative of the kingdom mindset that our friends at Man in the Mirror had back when they were mentoring me and then also being on the staff. But I know there was a practical example that took place one day when you, you and I were doing a drive along, and there was a cancellation. We had a little gap of time and we were driving by and I said, hey, what do you know about this church here? And I'd encourage you to consider a drop in. A lot of guys around the country, they prefer to have uh, an appointment set up. But on that occasion, we decided, well, let's just stop here. There's a few cars in the parking lot. And while that's, that's the preferred method, let's also be intentional about any divine appointments that God may produce. Uh, tell the listeners about uh, one of those examples of having a drop in uh, surprises with the outcome. Yeah, um, I guess my own reluctance in that regard probably stems from a, a sales background of uh, 
of having some, you know, experiences of, uh, you know, like, let's just say less than uh, uh, strong receptivity on those kind of visits. So uh, it, it, this particular one you're referencing was a was a real uh, eye-opening experience for me. It was it was a if I recall, uh, we were in the vehicle together with our wives. We were uh, we were just uh, seeing some of the area. We drove by this particular church. So not only was it a chance for us, to, uh, you and I, to go in and connect with the pastor, uh, but it was also a chance for uh, Candy and Claire to uh, spend a little bit of time, uh, just the two of them. And so uh, we were greeted warmly by the pastor, who happened to be. Uh, uh, available and have some time to uh, show us around. We had a nice little tour of the church, and uh, you actually got to learn something about a kind of a unique aspect of this uh, this particular denomination uh, in in Maine. And so, uh, yeah, that that was a uh, that was a great uh, experience um, from from your intentional approach in that regard to teach me that uh, I needed to be more receptive to the idea of the drop-in visit. Definitely a win-win example. And as we uh, talk further about the intentional way with our website visitors, our podcast listeners, people we have a chance to interact with in person, you know, intentionality is defined as done by intent or design, but it's differentiated by both advanced planning and spontaneous reactions. Now, I'm a planner as well, and we would always uh, look over the itinerary, try to maximize it as much as possible. But when cancellations would take place or Something would create a scenario much like on that occasion. Yes, our wives enjoyed uh, some just uh, uh, an opportunity to, to walk through a little small uh, town there in the main area. And uh, I remember them sitting on a park bench and having a great conversation while we came out of the appointment uh, with the uh, UBC church. And yes, it was a win for me uh, to get a greater awareness and then also see you interact. You did a fantastic job. Like I said, we're not coming to sell anything. Uh, we want to be a partner, not a vendor. And so that was crucial for us. But you came in with that partnership mentality. And a typical pastor, I saw that around the country with others that sometimes has hesitancies about doing drop-ins when their appointments got canceled or they could not make some appointments for a particular day. If all we did was to go just to drive onto the parking lot of the church and to, to pray for that congregation, for God to work in and through the lives of the men. But that particular pastor uh, basically said to us, Man, I've been needing to get in touch with you. Thank you for emailing me. And so let's get together and talk. And do you have a few minutes today? So it always is surprising. I'll be that God rewards faithfulness. Proverbs 28, 20 says a faithful man will abound with blessings. And so you were a faithful leader. Uh, you were looking to make some contacts uh, prior to that occasion, uh, primarily through advanced planning. But on that day, even something spontaneously, God was able to use uh, to communicate to others. Well, Jeff, as we think about, you know, the men's discipleship movement, now that you've been involved for a number of years as a lay leader, and then obviously uh, through these last number of years uh, vocationally uh, through Man in the Mirror, uh, as you've looked over the territory in New England, a lot of folks think that, you know, not much is happening. But I know in being with you and others in New England that there are pockets where God is on the move. And a lot of the times that's because churches are taking that intentional approach. So we talked about those who obviously are committing the common mistake of lacking intentionality. But what are some things that encourage you? I always enjoy reading your newsletters. Uh, cite a few examples in, in recent months uh, of where God is on the move because of people's intentionality from the church leadership level. Well, I think that uh, um, it's, it's always um, encouraging to me when I have a chance to meet with a, a pastor, particularly for the first time. 
Uh, and I hear uh, what I just referenced earlier about the, uh, the lack of a leader or a team coming alongside to form those th the three strands of leadership. Uh, what's encouraging is the, uh, the willingness to, uh, to really um, listen to something different in terms of uh, maybe an approach to men's discipleship that they haven't thought of before. Uh, a strong willingness to hear uh, what is this no man left behind model all about. I mean, it, it really boils down to a collection of best practices from, from really uh, what has been observed around the country as working really well uh, in those churches that have a really strong and robust ministry to men. So uh, th there's just been a, a really strong uh, receptivity, a willingness to hear uh, more about what, what, it, what is this about and, and a pretty quick willingness to, uh, to, I guess, engage in a level of trust that uh, frankly surprises me at times that, uh, you know, very quickly a pastor is willing to allow me to help uh, help him bring together that leadership team. Uh, and so that's that's just been a, a consistent theme here over the past couple of years that uh, we've, we've had a chance to help plenty of churches uh, get over that hurdle so that they now have a, a leader and a team in place that can help the pastor fulfill his vision for the men of the church. You know, the intentional way also applies not just to our ministry world, but also to our personal walk and or our family life. Uh, give us a couple of examples, uh, both in your walk with God, uh, maybe some things that God has revealed to you over the last couple of years that you're trying to ratchet up the intentionality. And then also in your role as a husband and or a father. Every time we come to the area, we always enjoyed uh, spending time uh, with your daughter, with your wife and to be in a family setting. Uh, stay in your home, get a chance to experience what that looks like. But uh, talk to our listeners about the intentional way, you know, beyond the ministry world and your vocational context, but also in your walk with God and or uh, your home life. Yeah, I think uh, first in, in the home life, um, there certainly for me has been uh, a much uh, higher level of awareness to uh, to be on the lookout um, for opportunities to be more intentional in both being, you know, a good husband and father. Um, it's, it's, you know, you would expect anybody to be able to have a pretty good handle on going through the, the process of, of uh, being the, both those roles. But, but really when you get down to it, if you're not planning and, and looking for opportunities to, uh, you know, take a step beyond where you currently are and, and improve in those regards, then, uh, then it's probably not going to happen. So, I think for me anyway, it's just been the awareness that, uh, you know, there, there are plenty of steps that I need to recognize I need to take. Uh, and so it's looking for those steps and, and being aware and willing to take them as they come along. Uh, and, and, and as far as the walk with God, uh, I, I've just been for years uh, a strong proponent of having a, a regular time every day. For me, it's early in the morning to just, uh, you know, get in the word, uh, spend some time in devotions and prayer. And have that be the start of my day. And so, uh, I don't know, it just, it, I know different people have different times and routines, but for me, that's been the thing. And I, I'm just a, a creature of habit. So uh, when I'm able to dial into a habit like that, that is, uh, you know, on a, on a regular time frame, it's just a whole lot easier for me to be as intentional as I can be with it. Now, I had a chance to get on your turf and had some fantastic experiences on those two occasions, uh, looking forward to having a chance to come back as God would allow uh, in the near future. But we also invited you to come down onto our turf. Uh, for our podcast listeners uh, that know us, uh, many of you would uh, be aware that we're a Clemson Tiger fan. 
Uh, for you new podcast listeners, uh, that's one of our hobbies and interests. We enjoy college football, and we're season ticket holders uh, in uh, Clemson, South Carolina. So each year we take guys down to games and practice this ministry of hanging out that I learned from our friends at Motor Racing Outreach. Jeff, you got a chance to experience that firsthand. So we got on your turf. We did some ride-alongs. We demonstrated intentionality. And again, not to be self-serving, but just to kind of hear some observations so that people can see how we can put some meat on the skeleton. What did it look like? Was it, was, it, was it just attending a college football game for an athletic contest enjoyment? Or were there other things packaged around that that you had a chance to experience when you came to the Carolinas? Oh, there, were, there was a lot in that package. Uh, and it started out well before we, we even traveled to North Carolina to, to eventually make our way to South Carolina. It was the preparation for your trip here where we initially were thinking we'd go see Clemson play uh, Boston College uh, right up here in Boston. Uh, and that changed due to some scheduling conflicts. But uh, what I could see early, early on in that process from you was the intentionality of uh, making sure that the opportunity was not lost because you knew uh, over a couple of years of, of hearing in our conversations, uh, how much of a college football fan I was and how much I wanted to see a major college football game. And that uh, I, as much as I've tried and uh, been very intentional about uh, uh, really working on my wife to uh, join me in this endeavor. Uh, she's not a sports fan. So uh, here was an opportunity that you presented to come back and, and see a Clemson game. And so what I got to observe in that was, uh, first of all, that I would not have been able to do it as well if I was able to persuade my wife to join me and go uh, to a, an unfamiliar venue and try to navigate that on my own. So I got to ride your coattails uh, and really see the whole, the whole thing from start to finish, just in the drive initiated from your home and what happened on the drive with you know, purposeful conversations along the way, uh, some, some well-designed drive time questions, as you, as you refer to them. Uh, and also, um, you know, on the way back, specific time of uh, sharing and prayer uh, among the three of us who were on that trip, uh, a very well thought out approach to uh, navigating the campus and showing me all the uh, all the key spots while we were there. So uh, really just a phenomenal experience. And I know that I could not have had that same kind of experience if I just flew somewhere uh, with my wife and tried to do it on my own. So I was really thankful to have that chance to, to see it uh, um, played out that way. You know, for the last 10 years, we've enjoyed taking these trips to, uh, to Clemson. And for you podcast listeners, one of the things I would challenge you with, what are some of your hobbies and interests? When I would go to Maine and speak uh, with and for Jeff, and then also individually and mentoring him, uh, we would try to demonstrate this. And so if you love fishing, uh, do you invite guys to uh, take a fishing trip with you? Uh, if you play golf, I remember two guys in a church where I was a men's pastor at one time, they would play golf every Saturday. And so I would challenge these guys to invite others to join their foursome from a standpoint of men who would become spiritually disconnected, but were, were uh, loving the game of golf. That is a tremendous way the table has been set for that to take place. And so in our case, to be seasoned ticket holders, it started out with a man from uh, Charlotte, but he had been living in Cleveland for the last decade. He was in a church that had a tremendous environment for discipleship on Sundays, but they were not intentional Monday through Saturday for their men. And this particular individual by the name of Phil was being left behind. So he came to Charlotte as a Clemson alum. We connected early on in determining his hobby and interests. And so we began to disciple him. I said, hey, I'll give this uh, 
uh, Monday night uh, men's discipleship venue material away to you as we're driving back and forth to the game uh, for a couple hours on Interstate 85. So, Jeff, when you came down, you got a chance to experience that and to uh, have some camaraderie, uh, purposeful discussion, as you talked about earlier. Uh, we also stopped and had some time with one of your teammates. And so these are just simple things that people can take advantage of. Uh, as they read to the website, they'll hear about intentionality being defined, intentionality being differentiated. But I'd also say it's designed to live your life and minister to others in a very purposeful way. So whether it be the college football game or what other hobbies and interests that you may have, those should be leveraged. And so that's a good example for that to take place. Uh, Jeff, any final comments you want to make as uh, this ministry uh, heads into a, a new direction? Uh, what, what about for that guy who's listening, who's longing to become more intentional in his own life? And then also address the leader uh, who's wanting to become more effective. Maybe he's flying solo. Maybe he's trying to build a leadership team around him. Uh, how, how would you define intentionality as far as what they can observe? What are some ways the, uh, uh, our particular ministry can assist both the individual uh, believer who's following Christ in his manhood is also a leader uh, desiring to uh, impact others in a more intentional way? Well, I think I'll start with the leader, uh, and this will lead to uh, individual men. Um, one of the things that I've learned, and, and it came, again, it came directly from you through, uh, through seeing a, a, a strong ongoing example of uh, what you refer to as the Barnabas lunch appointment, uh, simply uh, an ongoing uh, opportunity to take a man out for whether it be lunch or a cup of coffee. Uh, one of the things that uh, is interesting is uh, there, there's a variety of uh, venues that it can be accomplished in. It's, uh, it's really an opportunity for a couple of guys to get together and to uh, share life with one another. Um, you know, a lot of times we have conversations with guys and they're based around the, the trivial things like sports and the weather and news. And uh, this is an opportunity to get together with a, a little bit more intentionality in terms of, uh, of, of getting beyond that and, and really developing more of an intentional spiritual friendship. So uh, what I've found in my own church even is that for a leader, there's an incredible opportunity to um, to demonstrate this method to the men in his church by um, by engaging with his leadership team first. Uh, for example, if you've got uh, four, let's say four guys on a, on a leadership team and, and uh, you just simply take one of them to lunch or to a cup of coffee or breakfast, something like that, uh, one each week, then over the course of the month, you've met with each one of them. And so they could then in turn do the same thing with some other leaders in the church. And those leaders could begin to continue on with the men in the church. And before you know it, there's an awful lot of men being impacted, learning this uh, important way to engage with another man at a, at a deeper level than he's accustomed to. Uh, so, uh, so really uh, just a, a time of uh, getting to know one another better and encouragement and prayer. Uh, we just, in, in my own church again, uh, challenged guys uh, a few Sundays ago to uh, exchange telephone numbers, cell phone numbers, and, uh, and names with each other on a slip of paper and uh, look for a guy around, first of all, who they didn't know very well or didn't know at all. And just go and introduce yourself and exchange, exchange your names and, and phone numbers and agree to set a time in the next week right now where you're going to get together and, and, and do this. And guys have responded 
phenomenally. They, they've just found this to be a very encouraging uh, time. And so, you know, very quick receptivity to, to continuing that. And so uh, that, that, again, just comes back to having seen that modeled by you in an intentional way and realizing the, uh, the really strong benefit of uh, taking that kind of an approach. Well, Jeff, as we look into this uh, ministry launch, a new platform for us, it's just uh, a continuation of our DNA of uh, being a men's pastor and then serving with parachurch ministries for the last five years. And now, as we uh, launch out into this uh, particular platform, what about that new leader who's out there listening into the podcast today? That's kind of raising the hood, kicking the tires, uh, kind of checking this out. And, uh, you know, they may be tired of just looking for the next product. Uh, they may be uh, fatigued. Uh, by maybe going at it alone and needing some people to come around them and give uh, some uh, words of wisdom and advice uh, from ministry experience. Uh, we're just students of the game. Some people say we have ministry expertise, but no, no, as I used to tell my former players, your reach should always be higher than your grasp. And so let's look for continual ways. Every time we in- interact with leaders, including yourself, uh, it's been fantastic to even learn some new concepts from you today. It's uh, amazed to see how God has taken you to greater heights and deeper depths. But what would you say to that prospective leader who's there kind of kicking the tires and, and raising the hood today and maybe uh, wanting to think about taking the next step about uh, our involvement with their life, uh, family, and or ministry? Well, one of the things I, I would definitely encourage them to do is to check out the uh, the website, intentionalway.org. I mean, there's there's going to be uh, some, some eye-opening pieces of that website that uh, – that I think will be a strong encouragement and, and provide some, some solid direction for somebody who's aspiring to uh, move forward in a leadership capacity. Um, but, but also to, uh, to just really um, be mindful of something I heard very often from you, and that is to have a humble and teachable spirit, to, to recognize that uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to require uh, some very intentional um, learning through the process as you're moving along to really figure out how to be the most effective in that leadership role. Uh, and I know just from the experience that I've had with you over, over these past five years that uh, uh, one way to do that is to connect with you uh, and to, and to see from your experience uh, and your modeling, how to, how to go about this. Well, with first Thessalonians two eight uh, being a primary source of our philosophy of ministry, where Paul was talking about sharing his life. I certainly uh, saw the benefits of that uh, on one of our trips to Maine when I was attending one of your Great Commission roundtables, and I just felt like I was listening to myself talk that entire evening. And so it's just been great to get to know you, uh, first of all, in your walk with God, to see you interviewed, uh, to come into vocational ministry with Man in the Mirror, uh, to make two trips there. I'm anxious to get back, to go to uh, travel to see Mount Katahdin, and I certainly have enjoyed all those other wonderful sights along the way, and for our wives to get together. And so I just hope that our listeners today have enjoyed uh, hearing some of those stories that you shared uh, openly and honestly. And uh, I'm looking for the next Jeff Dion. We appreciate Jeff Dion being our first guest on Insights on Intentionality. We hope that you'll look around on our website, intentionalway.org. Raise the hood, kick the tires, kind of walk the lot, and see if there's some things there that you can find that we can tap into. We'd love to follow up with you. So whether it's discipling men, mentoring leaders, welcoming guests, or revitalizing churches, if you want to talk about any of those four areas, we're here to serve you in that capacity. Until next time, remember this, most people have good intentions, 
but few people practice intentionality. This is Coach K. Thanks for joining us today.